Welcome to Beth and Jordan Rewatch. I'm Jordan, and I'm a nerd. And I'm Beth, and I'm also a nerd. For our show, we will rewatch TV shows and movies that Beth and I have enjoyed and try to look at them with a fresh perspective. For this season, we will be rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender for the third time for me and for the three millionth time for Jordan. So let's start with season two, episodes seven and eight. And now it's time to go ahead and recap the episodes that we saw from this past week. Um, and just a reminder how we do the recaps. Beth and I do our best to recap the episodes within the course of a minute. Um, we, or excuse me, we failed a little bit when we first launched this podcast. We then had a string of successes. And then um, it, our record lately has been spotty. Um, <laughs> but we'll see if we can get ourselves back on track. Um, Beth has volunteered to go first for season two, episode seven, Zuko Alone. Beth, I have my eye on the clock. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. So having left Uncle Iroh, Zuko travels on his ostrich horse through the American Old West. I mean, the middle of the Earth Kingdom. (laughs) um, Makes his way into an Earth Kingdom town that's being bullied by some Earth Kingdom soldiers. uh, Protects a young boy who brings him back to his house. um, And they... Uh, like let him do some chores in exchange for some food. Um, the he the family learns that their son has been captured by the Fire Nation, and the father decides to leave to go find him. Zuko decides to leave the family and gives the boy his knife. The boy gets in trouble with the Earth Kingdom soldiers um, after they come to try to steal more food, and Zuko confronts them. Through this all, it's being cut in by flashbacks, um, which I I couldn't remember exactly when they were, but um. We flash back to Zuko as a young little boy in the palace where we see his mother, his interactions with his sister, and learn that his father was not the one in in line to inherit and then through some political manipulations ended up inheriting the throne and uh, that Zuko's mother is missing. All right, Uh, you were... Oh, oh, are you done? No, I'm done, I'm done. (laughs) Okay, you were two seconds over. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. There's a lot lot to pack in there. Mm -hmm. And And you really, yeah, you really shortened up that that backstory yeah (laughs) yeah didn't didn't have much of a choice there at the end i was like no (laughs) there's no time left (laughs) okay and then i have episode eight the chase Mm -hmm. Uh, so beth i'm ready so give me the countdown all right three two one go as the gang is going off to who knows where, uh, Katara and Toph are having problems because Toph is used to being on her own, but Katara, Katara wants her to be a member of the group. Um, they are in, being chased by Azula and her gang, um, constantly following behind Appa because it turns out he's shedding. Um, as they're going along, eventually they are able to give um, Azula the slip, but not before splitting up and before Toph getting mad at everybody and leaving on her own. Um, Katara and, Z- Katara and Zuko. Katara and <laughs> Sokka um, do manage to survive thanks to Appa. Aang um, is cornered. More on him later. Toph meets Uncle Iroh, who's been following Zuko, who's been following Azula. Um, and they all have tea and are happy. They Then they all come together to Aang's rescue. It looks like Azula is about to be defeated, but then she pulls some dirty tricks on Iroh and escapes. Nice. You were under by five seconds. Yes. Oh, there was so there was a point on there. I was like, "Uh oh, we've got a lot of threads here. Mm-hmm. Gotta gotta pull them back together." All right, good. Because I was the one who was. I, I felt like I needed to up my game. I was. It, we were, when we were talking about inconsistency. Really, we weren't talking about you. I was the one who was being inconsistent. So 
Well, I was the one who went over today, so. Yes, we're, we're, we're finally <laughs> equaling it out here. And now it's time for us to break down this week's episodes. Um, and so, Beth, we start with season two, episode seven, Zuko Alone. You and I have been super excited to do this one. I mean, honestly, since we first started recording this podcast and Zuko was first mentioned, we both have off uh, off camera, off microphone. There we go. Off microphone mm-hmm. have basically been like, just wait for Zuko alone. Just wait for Zuko alone. <laughs> and now it's here. And Beth, I feel it's only fair since we've kind of established that you are the Zuko stan. <laughs> um, it's only fair for you to start this off and get us going with what, I don't know, maybe your favorite parts were. What what is What felt so important to you about this episode? God, yeah. I it's hard to know where to begin, honestly, because it's great to see Zuko's backstory. We get to see how he grew up, how he and Azula were like his kids, their interactions with their mother, their interactions with their father, the political climate in the Fire Nation. Like, there's yeah. so much. <laughs> and Absolutely. that all layered on top of him having this interaction with an Earth Kingdom family that's just got so much to talk about in it. Yeah. So do you want to, I guess, do we want to just focus... Because I know there are some parts where we could draw parallels. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it would be smart to start talking about the backstory as I'm thinking this through. It might be smarter to start talking about the backstory and then talk about, I guess, what is more or less the A plot. Because, <laughs> Sounds good to me. Because to me, like the things that happen in the A plot are, of course, reminiscent of things from the backstory. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know thinking back to the first time you watched this what were like some of the most amazing fascinating discoveries um, about Zuko's past god again it's hard to narrow it down I but I, I like really loved seeing the family dynamics of the Fire Nation royalty right like mm. you have a very kind and loving mother and you're like huh well, that seems kind of odd given what we know. Oh, it's startling, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Because even though we've seen Iroh be like this nice guy, we're like Fire Nation bad. And then you see, you know, their their very kind, loving, warm mother who, and then seeing like Zuko as a little kid, just like super mama's boy and loving oh, to like hang out with her and Azula still kind of being that awful manipulative person that she is when we meet her like later on in the show as well. Yeah. Azula, you know, we'll go back to Zuko. This episode's about Zuko. We'll talk about him. Yeah. Um, Azula, I wrote down just nothing has changed. She's Mm -hmm. just an older version of the same person. Mm -hmm. Still, as you said, manipulative, like, and not into everyone, like, manipulative of her friends like when tylee beats her at something she has to push her down like she has to tear somebody down to build herself up Mm -hmm. Um, she manipulates the fact that her mom wants you know her her siblings her children to have you know a good relationship into into messing with zuko and may like she is uh, and, and how she torments zuko like there is no there's no love there's no apparent love from that child. Mm-hmm. 
And even like the the one kind of, I guess, most chilling scene for me is when she wakes Zuko up in the middle of the night with dad's going to kill you. Like, just so like, haha, like you're gonna die. And it's gonna be funny. And I'm fine with it. And I think this is great. And like, and like, sure, Zuko's like, she she's like a little five year old or seven year old or whatever. And she's already like corrupt enough to where Zuko's like Azula always lies. Azula always lies, even though Azula doesn't always lie. She doesn't lie if a truth hurts more. But right. like, uh. <laughs> well, I kind of laughed when when he said that because then of course you know he says it in the in the present day, and I was just like, nope, nope, I can't say that. I can't. That's a spoiler. I, <laughs> all, all, all I would say is, good wisdom, Zuko. Yes, mm-hmm. good wisdom. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, she is just so manipulative, and I will say, not a girl's girl, like. You know, she, and, and, and you know, if there is one spot, it's definitely true that Iroh doesn't get her. Iroh sends back mm-hmm. the letter. He's like, here is this doll with all the fashions of the Earth Kingdom. And it's just like, oh, buddy, you have seriously miscalculated. Yep. And I wonder if part of that, like, I mean, I'm sure part of it is her personality, too. But we see that Zuko and Azula are both very much products of the specific parent that they have bonded with or are trying to mm. appease or whatever. Because okay. Zuko is, like I said earlier, kind of a mama's boy. Like he is kind, a little like kinder. He's more loving. Like sure, he wants to impress his dad and he's trying to earn his dad's love. But deep down, he probably already knows like, I don't have that Azula does. Meanwhile, mm. Azula trying to appease her tyrant, abusive father is like, I'm tough. I'm mean. I'm man- manipulative. I'm doing everything I can to get my dad to approve of me. And I don't even know if she wants his love so much as she wants him to see her as powerful because to her, that's more important. Yeah. And definitely, or at least, yeah, to be the favored child. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in which, in which, of course, she does succeed. Uh, yeah. So their and so their dynamic between Zuko and Azula, you know, it it is interesting to get a little bit more revelation of that because it, it kind of just confirms everything we've been told up to this point. Like that wasn't really a revelation, I guess, so much. It was more of just like, okay, yeah, I could see, I can see now how Zuko can claim this because it was true. Like this, mm-hmm. this is indeed what Azula was like. Um, and yeah, and Zuko, and in Zuko, gosh, in Zuko, we definitely see. I, I like wanting to appease his wanting to please his father wanting to earn that love that will never come uh, and then we also see just i don't know his his mom actually has a good point when he does his little thing and or that, that his routine then fails of course mm-hmm. you know she talks about how he um uh, how he keeps or like he, she sees his force of will for lack of a better word mm-hmm. um yeah, I know. I know you understand what I'm trying to say. Absolutely, there. and it's like as if it wasn't apparent enough from what we've seen for the last season to the quarter of Zuko. Like the phrase "never give up without a fight" is just his character in a nutshell, really. Yep. Oh yeah. Even if there's yeah, even if there's not a fight to be had, it's mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And then, so I, I want to talk about the politics of the situation. Do you have anything yeah. else you wanted to mention about Zuko? Before Let's get talk about the politics. Cause Ooh, this is like, yes. what kind of kids show for one is like, Oh yeah, we're going to have a tale of political intrigue thrown into the middle of our season. <laughs> and like decently well, like it's short, but it's 
good, well thought out intrigue uh-huh. because my goodness. And like, you know, really this only this last, only this last time sitting through it did like every aspect of what Ozai did like really wash over wash over me. Uh-huh. It's just like, okay. So I think we can spoil a little bit and maybe you don't know this Beth. So like, there's, there's of course a full story of what happened to Zuko's mother that we, mm-hmm. I think we can, we can say, you know, never is revealed in the show. Yeah. Um, it's not, I don't, I don't think that's a spoiler to say like, it's not really a mystery except for like, you know, fan speculation, uh, yeah. but it is eventually revealed in comics. And I guess, did you like, have you read, have you heard I, about it? I have heard about it and I have not read the comics, but I've basically had them spoiled for me. Okay, good. So, so you and I are in the same boat then. Yeah. Um, and so, and if it's okay with you, I feel free, I feel free talking about them. Sure. Okay. So like, so what the comics kind of elaborate on in this whole thing that Ozai did. So of course, from this episode, what we're given is Ozai had to make some sort of Faustian bargain, um, in order to get the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that Azula's just like you had hinted at Azula's statement that father has to kill you was accurate mm-hmm. uh, what is not revealed in this episode and but what the comics later reveal and you can help me out where i don't quite get the points right here um uh, is that zuko's mother actually kills um fire lord azulon mm-hmm. uh, and kind of in an exchange for zuko's life because she hears about what is going to happen and so she did the killing because because there's no way and it makes sense in a way there's no way Ozai could do it because mm-hmm. that, that's just littered with issues because there's, there's no way he could ever ascend to the throne if it was ever came out that he was the one who killed his father exactly um, but his wife could do it especially since she we learned kind of came out of the peasant class anyway mm-hmm. um, and so and so yeah so she kills she kills Azulon for Ozai and somehow manipulates the and maybe this part is where I definitely need some help manipulates the situation where Azulon declares that Ozai will be his uh his chosen heir that that part I, I can't quite remember the details yeah I don't, I, right. I don't know either I just know the sort of like I said I got it spoiled for me more than anything so I only kind of know the overarching things right but I mean but in all of that but all of that being said I mean Fire Lord Oz, the current Fire Lord Ozai like he did some shady crap mm-hmm. too, because he basically he he definitely approved of his wife murdering his own dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, as far as the comics tell us, he was okay with killing his son. Oh, I'm well, I have no doubt of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, not that that should surprise anyone, but he was going to go through with it. Um, and so I don't know. And then you see, on top of all of this, like knowing all of that information, then to see. Ozai ascend to see Azula, who looks freaky as they're all bowing, you know, to fire to the new Fire Lord Ozai, but who probably also knows everything that went down. Like she and she's just like, yes, awesome, excellent. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. To me, it's yeah, to me it's just holy crap. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I just narrated a lot. I don't know if there's anything. No, that you you hit all the nails and all of the talking points on the head there. Really, like there's a there's a bunch of shady stuff in this family. <laughs> yeah, and we'll come back to it later. Like Iroh will talk more about their family later, but 
this family is messed up. Uh-huh. And so, which which is interesting, which will continue to be interesting down the road, because, of course, the royal family of the Fire Nation is present throughout the entire thing. And this and this whole messiness is going to be, it's going to be something that's going to keep rearing its ugly head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to cover on that B-plot before we go A-plot? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I think I'm ready to go for the A-plot. Okay. Let's go. Let's go A plot then. So, yes, yes. <laughs> I want. Yes, I want to hand it over to you again, just because I feel like I've been talking a lot. What? It's what do all you want? good. It's what just going to be what? more of me gushing about Zuko. So, hope you all are ready for this. <laughs> Gush away. All right. Um. So this. Well, I guess overall, like it's a very western type episode, right? Like very mm. lone man on a horse rides into town, solves some problems, and then rides off into the sunset, kind of a thing. You could have said that with a root and a toot and or more accent. I, I got a little bit into it, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to subject our loyal listeners to that any more than I had to. <laughs> um, but it's got that twist on it, though, right? Because. Where in the old westerns, a lot of the times the cowboy would ride into town, he'd save the day, everybody would love him, and he'd be like, nah, I gotta move on. This one was Zuko shows up, he saves the day, and the town still hates him yeah. because of who he is. And and there's so much in this, ep- there's so many layers in this episode. Obviously, Zuko's own personal journey is very much reflected in here, uh, and how he keeps to himself, he doesn't reveal who he is. Um, how he befriends Lee, right? Yes. How he befriends Lee. Um, and, you know, obviously has affection for the kid. Um, and so like you, we can see like, and through some of that, you know, the backstory coming through, but I think again, we see nuance in what has the war done in the earth kingdom. Uh huh. And I think, you know, the fact that we have these thugs, uh, ruling this town, subjecting these people to terrible things. Again, we have another, we have more people who are victims of this war. Um, yeah. And, I, and, and I they're Earth they're, Kingdom thugs too, which just throws yes. a whole other wrench into things. And even, and even in this all, I think, Zuko, like, I know Zuko is having to empathize with people from the Earth Kingdom. Yes. And, and it so, just keeps happening. Like last, what was it? Was it last episode, two episodes ago when he meets the girl who has her leg burned up and then he's he's beginning to see exactly what this war means to the common people of the Earth Kingdom. Yeah, I think it was two episodes. Yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. And so, oh, I wrote this down as a note. I, I wanted to pose to you this question because, and I wrote some answers for myself. So I'll definitely like, this is kind of a bad question. I hate, as a teacher, I hate asking questions where I like am ready to supply answers. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to pose this question to you: Who, at this point, right now, how would you describe who Zuko is? Interesting. He's obviously tenacious, um, mm. self-sufficient, um, confused. I would for say sure. those those are the big three for me. Absolutely. And I threw in there caring. I, I think everything you said is absolutely right. And I and those were also comments I had. But I put in there caring. Of course, for the for Lee and for his family. But um, we also see early on, and I'm sure you caught this little bit of trivia. Uh, we see 
a, a couple along the side of the road. Yes. Yes. And he's starving. He sees their food, leans toward his, sor- toward his swords. He sees that, like, that the woman is pregnant, which to me, I'm like, what difference does that make? But still. Um, <laughs> but still. Like, shows a moment of sympathy. Uh huh. And lets, and you know, continues on despite being hungry and not sure of where his meal's coming from. Um, and of course, we all, you and I know, and anybody who's joining with us who has watched this before, we all know that these people will come back mm-hmm. uh, in the in the episode "The Serpents Pass." Uh, and it's not a spoiler to tell you that that's happening. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but so, but but to me, caring is so important. Uh, yeah, it's, it's because, and that's his mom's influence. Yes. So, that is, and that's what we learn, right? Through the flashbacks. She's like, oh, like, don't do that. And he's like, he sees the apple on fire on May's head and he tries to save her. And then mm-hmm. flash forward to this. And it's exactly what you said. He's not stealing food from pregnant women. He's, <laughs> which although. Wait, uh, low, a low bar of morality, <laughs> but a bar nevertheless. It's good for him for going over it, you know? Yeah. Um, he didn't yell at the kid or Lee for taking his swords. He taught him how to use them. He gave him a knife. He, yeah, he helped out the family. Although I guess helping out the family could be seen as caring since he didn't just straight up rob him. But at the same time, that also shows how proud he still is. Like he just, he would not accept charity, but okay, if I work for it, then I guess I can accept some food from these people. But right. Yeah. And I agree. And that, and, and again, that's where the writing I think is, is good. Zuko's change that is occurring is not rapid mm-hmm. it is a slow methodical change and what i love about it is he doesn't usually except except for like very rare moments he really doesn't act out of character mm-hmm. and it's a and it's believable um uh, with all the frustrations and the slow progress that normal humans make <laughs> but we're not uh, used to seeing in f- fiction darn it no, right. <laughs> and, and quite frankly, what are what our I don't know, our desires we don't we don't want that as readers and watchers. Like we want we want quick, you know, quick convenient shifts to the to the light side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just not that one, that's just not reality uh except in rare cases. And two, that's not what we see here. Like that's that we it it excludes normally if it's just a quick shift it's just not believable. It's not reality. And here it's believable because we see the mental process and it's just much more realistic because it's full of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Is there anything else, um, anything else you wanted to talk about on that episode before we move on to the chase? Um, I think I'm good with moving on to the chase. Okay. We've gushed about this episode for about 20 minutes <laughs> It's it's probably it might just be time for us to move on. That's kind of what I was thinking too. I'm like, oh, I could go into more about Azula, and I could go, and I'm like, no, no, we cannot. <laughs> yeah. Well, more to more to come. We'll have more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so episode eight, the chase. Um, lots lots going on here. Um, of course, the big overarching issue is the conflict between Toph and um Toph and the gang primarily Katara but the gang as a whole mm-hmm. um I don't know what what stuck out to you Beth as you watched this episode 
Um, so in that same sort of vein would be the the different in values between self-sufficiency versus working as a team. Yeah. So oh, you, it's like you lifted a note right off well, I got right off my paper. Anyway, sorry, continue. <laughs> Good. Um, it's it's just kind of, I think, a product of their upbringing. So honestly, more than almost anything, like Katara and Sokka grew up in a tribe. Everybody had to chip in. Everybody had to contribute or everyone would die. Yeah. Toph grew up in a life of privilege, um, but she grew up as a blind girl who was trying to go go past her parents, surpass her parents' expectations, do things they didn't want her to do, things along those lines. She had to learn how to fend for herself, and that's what she's used to. So it's mostly, although it is a clash of personalities, very much so between Katara and Toph, it's also a conflict in ideals and upbringings as well, which I think is super interesting. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, they are really don't, it's interesting because they really don't resolve the issue. Uh, the plot just kind of demands that they get over it. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, and of course, eventually uh, Toph meets with Iroh, um, mm-hmm. which is one of the, you know, if, if you're going to have top scenes in all of Avatar, it's up there. Um, because of course, not only is Toph running away from something, Iroh is running towards something, um, you know, it's, they're both in, I don't want to say weak positions, but they're both not, not in positions of strength. Um, mm-hmm. and they're having a, they're having a fairly open, honest conversation with each other. And and it's these two worlds collide. Like the first time I watched it, it was like, it was, it was awesome and exciting. Cause it's like, ah, two worlds colliding. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And Iroh of course dispenses the fantastic advice. Um, mm-hmm. the whole, oh, oh, am I going to, am I going to remember it? Uh, uh, I don't know. I remember what Toph says to Iroh very easily. Toph says like, if you should let, you should let Zuko know that he's important to you too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh goodness. I'm blanking on it too right now, honestly. Oh, uh, I, I feel like I bragged it up. Like I know it was good mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was. Gosh, I don't know. I can hear you looking it up. <laughs> My keyboard is loud. I just can't not do this. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. We can we can move past it. But we both okay. we both we both remember that it was good. <laughs> yes. Um. So I don't know. It's and it's just good to see even Iroh. Not that he he himself is changing, but our perception of him continues to evolve from this perhaps good fire nation in general to definitely good um person who is definitely on our side um mm-hmm. who is now actually helping the main characters yeah and who's turning into such a wonderful lovable character that like not this episode but last episode when people were just calling him iroh without the uncle in front of it felt jarring <laughs> yeah that's like, a good no, he's point. not iroh he's uncle iroh <laughs> yeah that's a good point I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. But I did like, one of the things I really liked about his conversation with Toph too, was there, like he sort of did challenge her idea of what self-sufficiency is. Like, Mm -hmm. even though the issue obviously wasn't resolved this episode, we did see like her being like, if you think I'm not helpless, why did you pour my tea? And he's like, cause I wanted to like, there's a difference between like not thinking somebody is capable of doing something on their own and helping them out because you want to. Right. Exactly. There's a difference between patronizing somebody and 
Oh, can I make this pun work? Patronizing versus patronizing? Does that work? Patronizing, like, yeah. Uh, it's a stretch. Okay. It's <laughs> okay. I see where you're going, but <laughs> I, I thought I'd give it a try, but it didn't land. But but there's but there's a difference between like, yeah, between being like kind of being patronizing and then actually being kind. Exactly, being sympathetic, being being kind. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then how about that team up at the end? <gasps> oh. Oh, chills. God, it was so good. And one of the like tiny little design elements that I loved in the entire, like the entire fight was just awesome. But I loved watching Azula's flames turn from blue to orange. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's just such a small little detail, but it was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so No, I remember the first time I watched it because of course, however old I was, but like knew that blue flames are hotter than than regular fire i mean which is right but like but it's like like the fact that they went from blue to orange was just like hey that makes sense yeah like, so the, the little nerd in me was just like they did it right yeah but it also shows like how hot azula's fire and how much power she has because it's yeah. not like it's like oh she just makes really hot fire and it's like it's like nope she like I don't know. Like the fire is a, hot because of her. <laughs> like she's on a she's on a different level than other firebenders. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Technically, she is more powerful than her father. Uh-huh. Which that uh okay, was that a spoiler? I don't know. We haven't actively seen Fire Lord Ozai Firebend, but okay, minor spoiler. <laughs> minor spoiler, but yes. She he we never see him do blue flames ever. Mm-hmm. And she can. He she is more powerful than he is. Yep. And it takes like the entire gang plus Zuko plus Iroh to corner her. It takes all four elements to corner her. And and Sokka. (laughs) Uh, And my and my man Sokka, who's just I mean, he's he's competent. He's there. Yep. Making himself useful. But yes. Just because he doesn't have magic sparky boom powers doesn't mean that he's not yes. Yes, he knows how to wield that boomerang. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but what? Yeah. But I, but I loved, but I loved that so much, and I loved when they like. It's so satisfying when they corner her, mm-hmm. because it is. It's all four elements. It's all of her enemies. You you've got her, and you're just like mm, you're just ready, ready for her to get her justice, and then cheap shot, and it's yeah. like Gah. which of all the people to attack? Why do you think she attacked Iroh? The only actual threat she perceives. Fair enough. Well, th- well, that and and that and like, are you like? Oh, I, th- I thought you, I thought you were setting up that question. Like, no, I was like, because I, I had a couple of ideas, but I was wondering what you you thought. Because yes, only actual threat she perceives for sure. But also, like, uh, how many people could she take out with the, with like the most people? The most people she perceives as the major threats who she could take out with one shot. Yeah. She takes out Katara, Sokka, and Aang are down, but Toph, Zuko, and Iroh would still be up. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Legitimately, I think she did it because she is keen enough, or she, I think she could tell that Iroh was distracted, even for just a moment. Mm. To me, I think she has such a vicious mentality and such a keen eye. Sorry. So, So to give you an actual answer, I think I think she could tell that Iroh was distracted, mm-hmm. which is not as cool, but no, that's interesting though. Cause I didn't even pick up on that. 
Yeah, because Iroh notices that Toph is there. You can, I don't know, you kind of tell that he looks away for a bit. Uh, and that's when she takes this moment to strike. Interesting. Yeah, that's so many little details in this show, man. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's just what makes it all so good. Yep. Finally, we conclude with talking about the ratings we would like to give for the episodes. The ratings are out of five stars. Uh, they We do allow decimal points. Beth, I almost feel like at this point I should kind of do what they used to do for whose line in it, it, is it anyway. Uh, I don't remember what the line goes before it, but it, the second part of the line is, and the points don't matter. <laughs> yep. Uh, but in any case, we are going to pretend, just like in whose line, that the points actually do matter. Uh, and so... Let's start with season two, episode seven, Zuko Alone. What rating did you give this and why? Five. Because it's Zuko Alone and it's a five. (laughs) Uh, Backstory, character development, kind of a downer ending, which always brings things up for me, apparently. Like the beautiful visuals. Like I I could go on about this this episode forever. It's a five. I can't argue with that. It is a five. Uh, Yeah, everything you just said is correct. Um, what can I even add to what you said? Yeah, it's it's an excellent episode. Ugh, it's just so good. It, it is one... I'll, I'll add this. It's one where it is a little bit of a downer, but there are downer episodes that I skip because I don't want to get depressed. And then there's episodes like this where it's like, I don't care that it's a downer. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was easy enough. Moving yeah. on then to episode eight, The Chase. This one I think could be more interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this one a 4.3, I think. Okay. Now, I'm going to be a little bit more lenient. I'm going to go 4.5. Um, so really interesting episode. I love like the the sort of the driving nature of it. Like there's no stopping. It's kind of just keeps going, keeps going. Uh, we get to see really cool character interactions. The face off with Azula is amazing. And the family meme that has developed of Appa fell asleep is just, it, it, it yeah. elevates it. So <laughs> I actually am not, I feel, I feel like I'm very hip and with it, quote unquote, uh, with, with avatar memes, but I actually didn't know about that one. It's, it's not a real meme. Like literally my siblings and I just sometimes go, Appa fell asleep. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes me feel better. Somehow. <laughs> um, I gave this one a 4.4, but I think we're going to be on similar terms here. Um, You know, to me, highlights of this episode are, I mean, that ending fight is like, oh, like you have me, you have me up and up on my seat, like cheering. Uh, Go team Avatar plus team Zuko. Um, You uh, maybe some low points like the chase is good. It it is kind of a it is slightly draggy. which is probably what drags down the score for me a bit. Um, the interactions are good, though, and we do get more character development. We get Iroh and Toph, which is plus, plus, so plus. So good. Um, so, yeah, I agree. 4.4 for those reasons. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Beth and Jordan Rewatch, where we rewatch our favorite movies and shows and discuss what we love about them. 
You can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash BJ Rewatch or on Spotify at Beth and Jordan Rewatch.